Sarilda Summers McGee, Principal and CEO of Workplace Change, stepped into the role of Interim Vice President of Human Resources on July 31st. Sarilda joins us on OHSU Week to share her background, first impressions, and her strategies to make measurable change at OHSU. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. I had the opportunity to speak with Cyrilda about her first weeks on the job and her areas of focus as she leads the work to reimagine human resources at OHSU. Well, Cyrilda, thank you for joining me today on OHSU Week and welcome to OHSU. Thanks for having me, Josh. Well, I'm excited to talk with you and to let the OHSU community know a little bit more about you. Let's get started with a little bit of background. Can you tell us about your work prior to coming to OHSU? Absolutely. I've worked for quite some time in human resources. Most recently, I served as the chief human resources officer at the city of Portland, serving under Mayor Ted Wheeler. And that team was about, was like 95 employees uh, serving all the different city bureaus. Uh, the city has about 12,000 employees. Before that, I was um, at the state of Oregon. I was the head of human resources for the Oregon Department of Education. I served under Kitsopper, Governor Kitsopper. And then before that, I was at Kaiser Permanente as a human resources consultant. I did diversity recruitment work, internship work, you know, pipeline building work, succession planning, et cetera. And so, you know, that's just like my my most current event jobs that I've held at larger organizations. But I started a company called Workplace Change, which is a human resources, diversity, equity, and inclusion integration firm. And that's how we actually became involved with human resources to begin with at OHSU. Uh, we were brought in to basically just kind of do some things differently. We did a culture assessment with food and nutrition services. We did analysis on all of the human resources, people, culture data that exists at OHSU to basically understand What's happening? Who's who's being hired? Who's being terminated? Who's being, you know, disciplined the most broken out by race and gender and different classifications? We looked at a variety of people and culture data and presented a report on what we had identified and observed. So we have been working with OHSU for nearly what 18 months or so. And Dr. Jacobs, you know, was appreciative of the more cutting edge type of work that we were doing. We also trained all of the human resources professionals throughout OHSU on diversity, equity, and inclusion integration. So again, we have been very involved, you know, high touch. And um, there was an opportunity for bringing on another interim change agent from a change agent slant. And um, not only myself came on board, but three members of my team, two human resources directors uh, who work directly with full-time workplace change and Hannah, who's a human resources assistant we've been working with, you know, almost since the creation of my company, Workplace Change. So it's not just me. I'm serving in an interim capacity. This is a very kind of unique, innovative strategy and approach towards human resources, you know, 2.0 at OHSU. And we're really having a good time. That's a, a great summary. Great background. I am not the traditional human resources professional. I know this. I mean, anyone listening to this this audio right now is like, whoa, she's different. So OHSU, and I didn't make a pitch, right? I, I told them, I think I can help. And you got to trust me. You got to do something a little different, right? To, to get something a little different. And they took a chance on me and my team, my company. We're a small company. 
And they've just continued to take chances uh, to let us be who we are and be our authentic selves. We are experts, undoubtedly, unquestionably, but we also are innovators and entrepreneurs and just creators of people and culture environments that are rich with opportunity and that makes people feel light instead of making them feel oppressed and sad and and just bad about themselves. And so OHSU said they gave us a shot because I think OHSU wants something to be a little different too. I'm, I'm so excited for the partnership and I'm not just here to say, you know, OHSU has been doing bad things. I think some stuff is broken and we need to get it repaired. So what have been some of your initial impressions and observations in the role? Well, you know, I'm a pretty straight shooter, Josh. So <laughs> this is the only way I know how to be. So I'll cut it straight. You know, what I've seen is some really hardworking people inside the HR department. Like they bust their behinds, especially the human resources, business partners, the recruiters, the folks who are running a lot of these manual reports. I mean, just like there's no one particular division inside human resources that's that all of them is everyone's pinch hitting and everyone's kind of troubleshooting and tucking and rolling. So that's my number one observation. My number two observation is that I think, and I think it's pretty well known, human resources at OHSU has been underfunded for a long time. And now we're at this fever pitch of just things falling through the ever-growing series of cracks that exist. And folks are like, why are these cracks here? There's been very little maintenance and, you know, restorative efforts to make sure that it's whole. So now there are gaping holes where we're surprised that folks are, you know, clients, customers, right? The workforce are the clients and customers of human resources. That's how I see it. Managers are also clients and customers, but they're also members of the workforce. So our clients and customers are dissatisfied. That's because we we haven't really been investing at the level that, that we need that we've needed to for the growth and just the sustained quality of people and culture components throughout OHSU. So those are my initial observations. Um, I've got others, but to to you know to be more brief than my first response, I'll stop. I'll stop there. <laughs> Well, then I'll ask you a follow-up. And was there anything that really stood out and surprised you where you were like, oh, my goodness? Yes. <laughs> there have been quite a few oh, my goodnesses. But number one oh, my goodness uh, that I feel is appropriate to share on kind of a publicly shared platform. Because, you know, HR, you, you can't tell all the, the business within human resources. But I will say business partners business partners are like the gateway into human resources right it's the it's the number one everyone talks about the business partner you got a question about you know taking maternity leave paternity leave any leave at all talk to your business partner you got a question about you know vacation accruals and etc talk to your business partner you got a question about reorg design for your team talk to your business partner you got a question about you not liking a person on your team and you think you don't you don't even like to see their faces in the morning Talk to your business partner. And there are 12 business partners at OHSU for 18,000 employees. And they're literally running interference for, on the most transactional human resources matters, as well as the most thought leadership, you know, requiring initiatives. What? Right? Like, that, that makes no sense, right? It's like you go to Mother's Bistro, which is one of my favorite restaurants. You know, their mac and cheese is spectacular, right? <laughs> And you're, the person who providing the, the initial drinks to the table is the person who's taking your order, is the person who is cooking the food, 
Is the person who is plating the food? Is the placing person who's uh, delivering the food? Is the person who's busting the tables at the end? Person who's mopping the floor? Person who's sweeping the floor? Person who's wiping the windows? Person who's painting the door, right? And and mothers is packed, and, the, and this one person for every five hundred guests coming in. Tell me what kind of service do you expect to receive? Come on. So it was a major aha. It was a major just like, oh, we've got to get that under control right now, right now, right now. No excuses. Don't tell me what doesn't work. Tell me what will work to stop these major challenges with access, with quality assurance, with just capacity. Come on. A lot of personal things flow through human resources. You expect for them to be the experts and to be able to respond to you in real time. I know I would want that. I think any human being would, would want that. If your child has got to have a special surgery, you want to talk about the benefits and how to up it or additional short-term disability or, you know, can I get my parents who are aging on our, on our health insurance because we're fully insured internally? These are questions that are HR specific. But if you got a caseload of 1,300 people who need access to you, any given moment of every given day, how does that work? So those are just some of the like, wow, <laughs> moments. But I think we can get it under control. It's not even a question for me. This is doable. Like there, we need to streamline certain things. We need to, to, to recalibrate the way in which the system is designed. And we need to make sure we're shoring up where we have the largest amount of volume coming in. Like these are simple, simple solutions. They may require a little bit of additional funding, but not a lot, right? I talk to a lot of folks and they're like, well, in order to do this, we're going to need $7 million more million. I'm like, no, you don't. We need to actually leverage the, the staff that we have differently than we ever have in the past. Not keep throwing bodies at a design that is antiquated and arguably didn't work to begin with, right? Let's let's reimagine how the entire system works and, and for whom has it been working and for whom should it be working in the future? I really like that point because looking at it through that lens of who is it working for? Who is it not working for? Where are people falling through the cracks? I think is is just going to get us to where we need to be. So that is very exciting and refreshing to hear. And it's more than just words, Josh. I, I'm so tired of hearing people pontificate about what's broken. Like that's another observation. This is all the things that are broken. Well, you know what? Let's fix them. There are too many people at OHSU who are hurting. Hurting because the system is not working optimally. They don't know who to go to. They don't know what resources are going to work fairly for them. They feel like the system is rigged. They can't get their promotions. They, you know, people can't get access into employment opportunities. There, there are all these things that are happening. We're just sitting back and watching like, man, that's broken and that's broken. And, oh, that's broken too. Mm -mm, I'm here to fix it. We're going to actually be rolling out a huge refresh in August, right? I started July 1. We started that on the front end. But in August, talking about the business partner redesign, because that is a gateway that we know is not flowing properly at all. And it is leading to so much tension and frustration and angst that we're going to fix that. So you'll see a campaign. You're going to see comms coming out. We're going to do some video comms to talk about how it's designed to support you, to talk about what these resources are, who these individuals are, what the expectations are. And if you're unable to utilize these resources in those ways, where to report that so that we can in real time make the modifications to get you the services that you need. Now, let's be clear about one more thing. One of the things that, that I do want to caution folks on is that human resources is not, is not the, the department of yes. So just because we told you no, doesn't mean you didn't get quality service, right? Can I get a 40% increase? No. Can I have more PT? 
not gonna happen. There are some things the answer's no. And that's not about quality. That's about you not getting your way necessarily. And we have to differentiate between the two. Well, and it goes back to the whole equity piece, right? What you do for one, you better know that that now is past practice that you need to be prepared to provide to others. And if you can't provide it to others, then why are you providing it to this person? Why is this person an exception to the rule? Which is also fascinating. Just how many exceptions to the rules there are at OHSU. We train the workforce on how to engage with the system. So you know that if you just keep going up and complaining to someone's going to boomerang it back until HR or comms or any of the central services you make this happen. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Okay, I got 27 other requests of that nature. So we make this one happen. We're making all of them happen. Because exactly. we can't keep saying we're going to be anti-racist. We can't keep saying that we're passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then do these one-offs where you're establishing actual real-life haves and have-nots. Would you consider that your main area of focus during your time at OHSU, or, or do you have a, a main or area of focus? This is something that I am going to do in my time here. Well, my contract is for six months, but the team and I are here until the, the end of December, which means we have to come in with a plan. We have to work the plan because I could just be in meetings all day long, which I appreciate. I appreciate the love. I appreciate people want to make sure that they get their time to be able to, to be heard and, and to be able to be engaged with, but I'm not just here to, to be in meetings all day. Like that's literally the opposite of why I was brought on board. We're here to understand the problems, understand the source of the problems, right? So that we're not just resolving the symptoms, right? We're actually going to the core of what is leading to these symptoms that people are frustrated by or are just like fundamentally dissatisfied with. My objective is to stop the workforce, the, the human resources team from feeling you know, deflated uh, to create these systems of reform that they have been begging and pleading for for quite some time. I've got the juice behind me right now because I'm only here for six months. That's on purpose, by design. It's not because they say, Cyril, we only want you here for six months. It's because Cyril said, I'm only going to be here for six months. So let's get to work, gang. Don't tell me that this meeting is three months from now. That's not an option. <laughs> so there's some urgency behind it, but there's also you know, just kind of some focal points, right? So we know where the great, I did all the data. I know where people are falling through the cracks. I know where there are disproportionate uh, consequences to certain classifications, to certain demographic of the workforce, to, to certain departments and divisions. I recognize what the time to fills are, like how long does it take to actually fill a position? I'm aware of the fact that we do not provide full cycle recruiting, right? So we're posting the positions and then managers who are not recruiters, who are not human capital experts are left to their own devices. And then we're surprised and alarmed when implicit biases show up and explicit biases show up. We're surprised by it. There are no checks and balances. So I've got some very specific things that I am focused on. The first one is going to be business partners. And like I said, I'm just going to Full circle, come back to the fact that there are business partner reforms that must happen because it is the source of a great deal of confusion or lack of accessibility or overworkedness from that team, and it is broken. So we're going to fix that break. The first week of August, I'm talking to members of the executive team. I'll be talking with them about the plan and any additional comp to, to reform and refine and then we're going to be rolling it out after I get confirmation. Let's put a bow on it 
get it operating. My team is going to make sure it's operating while I go over here to the next big hot spot, which quite frankly, I think is likely going to be recruitment. Six months is a short amount of time. What kind of strategies have you found effective to make meaningful changes like this in an organization so quickly? Well, I live above the politics, right? There's, there's privilege associated with being interim, with being a third party, and with having a luxury of doing a whole lot of research before they knew I was going to be the interim person, right? So having the interim title gives me access to systems that as a third party, I wouldn't have access to, which means I'm able to move some levers and talk to some, some stakeholders fast. I can avoid having a lot of these, you know, battles because they know I'm not a long timer. I'm not doing this to try to get this full-time job. No, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here because I love human resources and I love people and culture and I believe in it, right? And I, I want to see change happen because I've talked to the people and the people are saying, can you please make these, make some changes happen so that my, my experience, my life experience is different. And I'm like, yes. So my approach is to, is to, and strategy is to fly above the politics as much as possible. So let's just figure out how to establish some efficiencies to be responsive to the needs of the folks and then be good at providing that service, like really good and stick the landing with providing that service. And to me, you know, we just kind of batch it out one segment at a time, understand the pain points, the pressure points, reimagine it, recast it, send it out to the people, and then make some modifications and tweaks along the way until we get it really moving easily, right? And there's a different team that's focusing on ensuring that the quality assurance and the new design, while this other team, we're over to the next hot spot to try to figure out what's the problem. I need to see how deep the problem goes. And then I need to figure out if the clients are satisfied, um, if they're dissatisfied, why are they dissatisfied? How can we better meet their needs and provide consistency? We have about three of those in us, I think, before um, the end of our six months. We can do those, you know, takes a couple months on rotation. OHSU has dealt with some very tough issues in the past year and it's shaken a lot of trust of members. What do you believe is most needed right now at OHSU to help us heal and move forward? The trauma has happened. And that's what you're seeing right now. You're, what you're expressing is that something traumatic has happened to likely, you know, like multiple people and it has impacted the culture. It has impacted the feeling that people have. So now you got to re-earn their trust. You've got to believe that the thing that has been causing them trauma is not going to cause them trauma anymore. And that doesn't happen overnight. You don't just say, oh, we're going to stop this from happening. And now I believe it's not going to happen anymore. No, this is going to have to be demonstrated over time. We need, a, we need, you know, a year of getting it right, right? We need, you know, an extended, protracted period of time of getting it right, overly communicating. That's how healing occurs. In the absence of that, it just continues this, this narrative that is very, that can be very destructive to a, a, a healthy ecology, like a he healthy ecosystem. Uh, and that's what I would say. We've got to earn the trust. And if our system doesn't get repaired, there's no way we're going to be able to earn the trust because we'll continue to let people down um, on a regular cadence and erode trust. Can you explain to us your leadership style, maybe into three guiding principles? What would those be? My leadership style is very direct and inclusive. I, I do my best thinking with other people who are doing some good thinking, right? Like, I don't want to just have this 
reserve table or we don't involve people. If you start, if you were to ask the HR team, one of the differences that's happened over the past four weeks of our arrival, it would be, we're talking a lot more, right? Like, we're going to come to you and ask you for your feedback and hear about what your pressure points are and hear about, you know, what's not working for you and what you really love and you want to make sure is retained. We're not just going to sit in a room and make it up on our own. You're the experts. You're the experts of what would work, what's broken, what what would perhaps solve some of these, these challenges. I, I respect people. On the same token, excuses are not an option, right? Like, don't tell me that what we can't do. Tell me how it is that we can get across the street. We can get to the other side. And I think folks are also starting to see a bit more of that with me as well. It was all, you know, kind of like getting to know you, just this honeymoon period, which was, you know, first week or two. And then it became, you know, I needed to say no to some things. I needed to say, no, let's get on, let's jump on a call and talk about what it is you're trying to accomplish because this solution, it, it doesn't make sense to me right now. So I like to be very inclusive, recognizing it's a large team. So everybody can't get the same level of access to me as everyone else. I'm not oblivious to that. But before a decision is made, we will have a member of my team, the workplace change team, will have met with you if you're a person who would be directly impacted by a decision that we would make or a reform that we would make so that we're not doing it in a vacuum. And that's really how... I have been able to be successful throughout my entire career is really leveraging a team is really speaking frankly and freely, right? Even if it's like, thank you for your perspective. I appreciate you trusting me enough to give me that perspective. I don't agree with that perspective. I'm not going in that direction with that perspective, but keep them coming, right? And you got to trust that I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect, even when I disagree with you. And even when well, I'm not doing the thing you want me to do to say, I'm going to try it again, right? You just have to, like, that's got to be there. And it doesn't always happen. I'm an extroverted, big personality. That is intimidating to people. I've got positional power and authority. I, I'm independent, coming into an, you know, an interim role. I'm, you know, completely going around a lot of the political melee. And that can be like, whoo, what in the world is happening? It can be off-putting. It can be you know, just like it can rock you at your core. I actually recognize that. And so I really try so very hard to be as communicative as possible and be as straight as possible. If people don't trust my words coming out of my mouth and then see it backed up with behavior and they think it's sketchy or it's, does she mean something behind it? Where's she going? They're not going to roll with me. They're not going to give me a shot and move fast. So I need to earn trust fast. And I've, I've always felt that way in every job that I've had which is why what you see is what you get. I told you, you know, I told you, there's some stuff I can't tell you, right? Versus me skirting around and trying to figure out the right thing to say. Well, what's the best way to say we're missing the ball? Like we're missing the ball. So I recognize the, the pros and the cons of my approach. Um, and I try to really proceed with as much caution as I'm afforded. And that's not a lot because change is necessary. Well, and you have a short window. You don't have time. Let's let's fix it immediately. <laughs> but what won't happen is I won't sit around and just like, you know, twiddle my thumbs and hope that one day it all gets better. We have to work at it. Let's go. Sorilda, thank you again for joining me on OHSU Week. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. I had a blast. You are such good vibes. Great questions. Um, I truly, truly enjoy myself. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thank you for listening.